checking on his stick. We are chicken on a stick. Welcome into another episode. Welcome, welcome. Today is uh, another Maggie pick. Yay! And <laughs> we played a little game when I came home the other night <laughs> before we watched this because I told her to make a list of a handful of movies that she wants to do. She yes. made like a list of like nine or ten movies. Mm-hmm. And then when I got home, she just had one turned on. But yes. it didn't say the title. Yeah. It didn't say anything. All I knew, it was an R-rated movie. Yep. And it was about two hours long. Yep. And I was like, well, okay. What could it, this be? And I played a little guessing game uh, until I basically just <laughs> guessed every movie on her list. Uh, I didn't actually know this was a rated R movie. Yeah. Um, you, you knew that it was older. I, I didn't know it was older instantly because she paused at the very beginning and it was... Uh, it was like the pre-title the, credits. It was a 20th Century Fox logo. Yes. And it looked older yes. visually. I also knew it was on the streaming service Max because on HBO. our TV it does some weird thing where on the very uh, right side of the mm-hmm. screen... There's like a weird purple bar whenever yeah. you first start a movie for some reason. I did not know about that. But it it what it's it's an older movie, but it's not old. It's almost 10 years old. I Oh, well, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it I thought it was an older older movie, but it, it's not. Right. Um so we're going to be talking about 2014's Wild. Wild. Starring Reese Witherspoon. If I'm not mistaken, this was sort of viewed as like a resurgence of Reese Witherspoon I when think it came so. out. Yeah, I think so. Because she hadn't done something in a hot minute. And um, and then this came out and she just ended up, she got like a new TV show. She got a couple other movies under her belt. Um, so yeah, I, I, I do think that this was just kind of a, a nice... I don't know. Good move for her to to come up and do something a little bit more serious. Yeah, looking at her her acting list before that, she she'd been in she was in one thing in 2013, two things in 2012, one thing 2011, one thing 2010, um, one thing 2019, one thing. So she was like doing some things throughout mm-hmm. the years, but definitely wild. Uh, I feel like just kind of re-brought her into... Because mm-hmm. a couple of those are, are like, romantic yeah, movies she, or romantic was, comedy movies. She was doing a lot of rom-coms. A lot of people just really only remembered her from, like, Legally Blonde, like, funny, silly things. And this was a very serious role. So, um, yeah, I feel like her, her doing this and, and doing it, in my opinion, as, as well as she did really got uh got her back on the map yeah so we'll be talking more about this movie in a moment yeah right some coffee and a donut fresh this morning thanks really 
Why you come by uh, for a refill before you head off? I will. Thanks. Morning, fellas. Morning. So, uh, you got a trail name? Hmm? You know, like a nickname? We've got one for you. Really? Queen of the PCT. <laughs> Come on. You've just got so many stories about people doing things for you and wanting to help you out. I mean, nobody ever gives us anything. No one ever does anything for us, in fact. But please, please, come and get your refill, Your Majesty. Yeah, Your Majesty doesn't really go for refills. Refills typically come to her. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Dude, stop. Stop. Now I'm gonna have that song stuck in my head for the next hundred fucking miles. Would you prefer that I just... Don't. Don't. Shut up, man. Shut up. I'm serious. Okay, well, Wild, uh, I've never seen this movie before. Right. I knew that you loved this movie. Mm -hmm. um, you own this movie on DVD, DVD. somewhere. Mm -hmm. I know you've watched it a number of times. Yes. And I think either you showed me or I walked in while you were watching it one time near with a scene near the end. Yeah, um, I think that you did walk... It, it's kind of, it's another one of those, like, one of my comfort movies. Like, I have a handful of movies that I watch that are comfort movies that if I can't find anything or nothing's interesting me interesting to me, I'll just put something on, like Jurassic Park, Titanic, things like that. I've definitely had this as a comfort movie where I'll put it on if I need, like, I don't know, something to, to feel and something a little bit more dramatic not scary, not twisty, just, you know. Yeah. Just like a nice, good sit-down movie. But yeah, you, you definitely walked, walked in on me watching it before. Uh, so, for anybody who doesn't know about Wild, because weirdly when I said we were watching this movie, quite a few people were like, I've never heard of that. And I was really? like, I, I feel like, and I've mentioned this before, but it sometimes I'm surprised that, like, the film communities that mm -hmm. I'm, like, part of, mm -hmm. or the, the friends that I talk with about movies and stuff, when a movie that, even if I haven't seen the movie, I might have, like, some sort of uh, knowledge about the movie, or yeah. generally, like, when the movie had come out, or maybe actors are, who are in it or whatever, that's why I'm relatively good at Framed, mm -hmm. is I have such a sort of cursory knowledge of so many movies that if I can see, like, a couple actors that I might know right. or recognize something where maybe I've seen a frame of it or something before, I can pick up pretty quickly. Which, if you don't know what framed is, it's basically Wordle, but for movies. Yeah. Um, so Wild, in 2014, was probably one of the times where I was quite ingrained in, like, YouTube movie mm -hmm. space of, like, watching... Many different people did reviews, different, like, podcasty shows that talked about movies, all this stuff. So, I knew when this movie had come out. Yeah. 
I knew of this movie coming out. I knew just very general stuff about it. Right. Just never saw it. Right. Not for any particular reason, just didn't see it. And the the reason why I even knew about it was because it was a New York Times best-selling book. Um, it's a true story. Um, and the, this woman, she made, she wrote the book. And I read the book, and then the movie came out maybe... Well, maybe I heard of the movie first and then realized that it was a book, and I read it because of that. So, so it's a 2014 biographical adventure drama film mm -hmm. directed by Jean-Marc Valli. I'm sure I pronounced his last name, maybe his whole name wrong. Uh, written by Nick Hornby, based on the 2012 memoir, Wild. From Lost to Found on the Pacific Crest Trail mm -hmm. by Cheryl Strayed. It stars Reese Witherspoon as Cheryl Strayed uh, and Laura Dern as her mother, Bobby, because this movie is very much central about... Uh, basically about their relationship. Yeah. Uh, it goes a little bit deeper about than that, but the whole catalyst to why she goes on the hike and everything stems from her relationship with her mother, basically. Yeah. Um, then there's a bunch of other people who are in this, but the one that I want to point out the most is we see a lot of flashbacks in the movie to Cheryl when she was a child. Mm -hmm. uh, specifically, it says six years old, so when she was six years old. And six-year-old Cheryl was played by Cheryl Strayed's real-life daughter, Bobby Strayed Lindstrom. That's so cool. Um, which is kind of like a fun little yeah. thing to I throw in that. there. I love when that happens in movies. Like when, um, remember when Angelina Jolie was playing Maleficent and they couldn't hire kids to be in the movie because everyone was so scared of her, so they got her own daughter because she was the only one that, like... Oh, yeah. She, her, her own kid afraid. was the baby. Yeah. yeah she was I, the I only one that, that wasn't scared of her. She loved her. That's kind of funny. Yeah, I love that. I love um, so that's just, like, a fun little behind-the-scenes thing that yeah. you probably wouldn't notice. I noticed when we were watching during the credits, and I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. That kid ha That person has that yeah. person's name. That's her name. Um, so the film premiered at the Telluride Film Festival on August 29th, 2014, and then was theatrically released December 5th of 2014, and received positive reviews from critics and was a box office success, grossing $52.5 against its $15 million budget. Wow. Reese Witherspoon and Laura Dern received nominations at the 87th Academy Awards for Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress. Rightfully so, I think. That they and that act, really that play. actually might be why I know more of it is maybe the maybe the the uh, not necessarily nominated, but in just generally like in the talks of like mm -hmm. you know when it gets later in the year, of people being like, "Ooh, who would I put on my list?" and blah yeah. blah blah, and then people being like, "Oh, well, Reese Witherspoon was like really really great in yeah. this movie," um, sort of thing. So that's true. Um, okay, we'll just get into the movie. I'm going to kind of let you lead this, or okay. I can read my notes and, and go from there. I don't know how you want to do that. I think I'll, I'll go through just, like, the, the, the easy-peasy plot of it, and then we'll just 
we'll just sure. kind of go in from there. Um, so, Wild. In June 1995, despite a lack of hiking experience, Cheryl Strayed leaves Minneapolis to hike by herself 1,100 miles on the Pacific Crest Trail. Uh, during the journey, she does reflect on her childhood and memories of her mother, Bobby, whose death from cancer does send Cheryl into a deep depression that she does try to numb with heroin and anonymous sex and alcohol. Uh, after her behavior has destroyed her marriage and leads to an unwanted pregnancy, Cheryl does have an abortion and she is resolved to hike the trail to rediscover the woman that her mother raised her to be. So we are going full tilt into her journey and rediscovering herself and trying to get back to Cheryl, you know, and not the bad things or the habits that might have defined her at the time. Yeah. <laughs> the... I think it's a wild... Uh, pun intended. <laughs> uh, decision to go. Well, drugs didn't help. Yeah. Fucking random people didn't help. Nope. So I'm just gonna hike this incredibly long trail yes. on my own. Hope I don't die along the way, right. and maybe I'll be better for it. Yeah. Seems also, crazy to me. I would have been like, maybe I'll go to a therapist. Yeah, maybe therapy, but maybe some better help. You know. But it, it was pretty funny throughout watching the movie with you, our back and forth of being like, you wouldn't you wouldn't have made it that long, or I could I could do so many more miles in a day. Yeah. Okay. I I will say at one point it does. Very early on in her journey, we get the whole, you know, pretty standard traveling thing of like day two, day mm -hmm. three, day day whatever, and at one point. It goes 30 miles. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so sh I, 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 before it even said what day it was, I went, I went, 30 miles? <laughs> it just showed that it's been like four or five days. Yeah. She's only gone 30 miles? And then it goes, day nine. Yeah. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Look, I, I'm not an expert hiker or anything. But I've walked miles before and know that I can do a mile, like, and it's, and, you know, this is going to sound like an old person being like, and it was uphill both ways. Yeah. But when I've walked to my job before, which was about a mile, like 1.3 mm -hmm. miles or something like that, uh, like just over a mile, it took me about 45 minutes to do so. And there was a hill in the middle of it. There was a hill. There's, there's this weird technically both ways because there's a weird like dip where we used to live that would go down to like a like a little creek stream thing yeah. anyway so to me to see that this character has made 30 miles in nine days is insane never i was like my goal would be like t at least 10 miles a day at least which would be you know, maybe like twelve hours or so of walking, but I would assume I'm g I'm packing up camp at like right. dusk, like as soon as the sun starts coming up, walking all day, and then setting up a camp 
as the sun starts going down. So I'm giving myself the most possible time to, like, make it somewhere. But I also understand from living with you that you have zero sense of time or urgency for anything. So I'm just going to assume she lived off the same motto of, like, to be on time means to be late by, like, 40 minutes. First of all, how dare you? You're only on time if you're early. All right. <laughs> she, she's, there's nothing else on her schedule. So she doesn't, I don't she doesn't, care. She doesn't have, like. What should be on her schedule is making sure that her food and shit lasts. <laughs> I would like everyone to know that I am very punctual and I am on time. You are all not. <laughs> You're on time is leaving <laughs> 10 minutes after the time we should have been somewhere. Mm-hmm. I'm very punctual. Are you? <laughs> yeah, didn't think so. You just like to be early everywhere. Because that's how you get places on time. I know how to get It's to, to show up on before time. the time you're supposed to be there. She had nothing else on her schedule, so she could move at whatever pace she wants to. And she did. At a snail's pace. pace. You'd drive me crazy. I would leave you in the desert. I believe it. I'd be like six miles ahead of you, like, what are you doing? Stop looking at rocks. (laughs) Stop looking at rocks. Maybe they're crystals and they're shiny and pretty. Or I saw a raccoon. Or a cat. Those are all really great. Just out in the desert? Maybe. Yeah, I doubt it. Bobcat? Mountain (laughs) lion? Yeah, well, you don't want to see those. <laughs> anyway, so the way that the movie starts off is it's kind of one of those situations where we start at a certain point and then we rewind. So we see where she is right now. We go backwards to see what led us up to this point. So when the movie first begins, we're watching Cheryl. She's kind of like out of breath. She's sitting down on a mountaintop. Her feet are really sore. Um... Her shoes are kind of falling apart. She's obviously very clearly exhausted. And we see her very... I close my eyes every single time I see that scene where she's literally losing a toenail. And she, like, basically peels it off. So gross. So she... Her shoes are not helping her. She gets rid of her toenail. She's she's obviously in pain. And then her, one of her hiking shoes accidentally, accidentally falls down the mountain. She's so frustrated and at her wit's end that she just grabs the other shoe and hurls it across the cliff and just screams at the top of her lungs. Just, she's at her, her end point. So that's where we start. Um, and then we go back in time and this is where we start learning about why she's hiking the PCT. There's a really great Simon and Garfunkel song that plays throughout the movie that I love. El, Con- El Condorisa or something, I think. I can't remember. Really good song. Um, but anyway, so we see what's leading up to this drastic decision in her life um, and how heavy things have been for her. And yeah, it was. <clears throat> it is El Condor Pasa. El Condor Pasa. If I, I could. Love that song. So if much. I could. If I could. Also, yeah. not gonna lie, when I first saw this movie, 
deep down, there was some... You really, wanted to go hike the there trail? There was some really overly excited Maggie version of me that really wanted to go hike the PCT. I was like, <laughs> I could totally do this. I could I, do this. I can find myself. Uh, I've never looked into the Pacific Crest Trail, mm-hmm. but I have looked at and not on a realistic bucket list because I'm in no shape to do this <laughs> and I can't ever foresee myself just having six months worth of time yeah. to do whatever with my life. Or money. But 100% I would want to do the Appalachian Trail. And you we and get s- eaten by a bear or something along the See, way. See, you fine. said that and I said immediately no because all I hear are spooky stories about the Appalachian Trail. Yetis. Wendigos. 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 I don't think Wendigos are an eastern thing. I'm pretty sure they're like a North Pacific indigenous native uh, stuff. I just know that there is a full-on site of TikTok about the Appalachian Trail that's spooky. No thank you. Uh, But I think it's longer. Oh, is it? I'm pretty sure it goes from like Georgia all the way up to Maine. Ooh. <laughs> That's why it takes like Ooh, six hard, months to hard do. Pass, hard pass. Her the, this journey, she does it in about three months or right. something. The the Appalachian one I think is like a six month long Ooh, no. thing, Ooh, no. which is why I'm pretty sure they say you have to start it at like the beginning of spring oh, to so finish they... it in fall before winter hits. Yeah, that makes sense. Or else then you're just in trouble. Yep. Get yourself killed. Or get eaten by a yeti. I mean, to be fair, I would also be fine with climbing Mount Everest and then, you know, being left on the trail for people to see forever. You've said that before and that boggles my mind. You just want to be in a frozen cemetery? If I could be, like, as infamous as Green Boots, yes. Oh, I forgot about Green Boots. Because then, like, forever, people are going to be like, oh, there's that guy, we got to turn left. (laughs) Don't don't take the turn he took. You know, I'll I'll wear uh, I'll wear. <laughs> and I'm only saying this because the live action One Piece is about the launch, but I'll wear a straw hat and then freeze to death, and everybody would be like, "At straw hat, make sure you take a left." You just want to be a monument. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like immortalized forever. Do people even see the bodies, or are yes, they, aren't they covered in no, snow? No, you can't. Uh, no, 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 no. A couple of them, um, uh, like, as they were dying, this is kind of getting dark, crawled into, like, little alcoves or something to try and get out of, like, the snow oh, and yeah. stuff, and then they just died there. Hard pass. Never catch me there. Yeah. No snowy mountains, no deep blue sea. Hmm. I'd also do that. I'd go no, see the didn't. Titanic. No, you wouldn't. If not. it was safe, I would. Some people thought it was safe. <laughs> yeah, they thought. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> They're also immortalized now. Because now, anytime in the future, some little kid in, like, sixth grade does, like, a elementary school project of like the titanic because they just watched the movie for the first time mm-hmm. so they're, like reading the history and they're writing a little paper on it they're gonna go to wikipedia and there's gonna be the one little they click a little oh, button that goes like um that that's like uh the sound you no know, going back to like references in the future or whatever they call it like yeah. it's it's legacy there you right, go it's right. legacy and under there is gonna be a bullet point that goes 
And in, also... In 2023, Ocean Gate, whatever, full of fi- five billionaires or whatever, went to go see it and then imploded. <laughs> I, I, I swear to God, I'm going to call it now. They're going to make a movie about that. Of course they are. They are one million percent going to make a movie, and James Cameron is going to be like, mm. if the strike wasn't already, if the strike wasn't happening, it would already. <laughs> It'd be in production already. Be in production. In fact, it could be in production. I yeah. don't know where where James Cameron lives. Is he American? Yeah. Then he might be striking. I don't know, but. <laughs> anyway. Also, he strikes me as the person who doesn't give a shit about strikes. So who knows? Yeah, anyway, <laughs> we digress. You know what would be great? Hmm. Catherine Bigelow should make a movie out of it. And then she should win an Oscar for it. Because then, not only can she go, Ha, James, ex-husband. Oh. I won Best Director over you in 2009 when you did Avatar shit. And I made The Hurt Locker and became the first female director ever to win Best Director. But I beat you. And... I made a better Titanic-related movie than you did. Boom. <laughs> Mic up. Imagine that. That'd be so... I completely forgot that she did The Hurt Locker. Yeah. That was a great movie. Yeah. Good for her. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> completely wild tangents. Yeah, tangent. Haha, <laughs> wild. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Back to wild. I, oh, I do want to say, I hate the... I bet you wonder how I got here. I know trope. you do. Why does... Why does, like... I don't know. Three don't out of it. every ten movies want to start with, like, I bet you wonder how I got here. Let let the record show that no one actually says. They don't. You. They don't. But people understand that that's what it means, is we're seeing, we're we're seeing something, point. and then we're going to rewind and, yeah. and come forward. I don't uh, To be fair, uh, Nico from The Good, The Bad, and Weird hates flashbacks, and this is basically... And extended flashback it because is. we're flashing back to everything that happened before that moment, and then it. getting, you the know, story. the rest of the story. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't I bet it. Nacho would hate this movie. Why? Because it's full of flashbacks. <laughs> I don't know. He, There's only so many ways you can I think tell a story. It's certain certain types of flashbacks he he doesn't like. Wow. But this movie, all the flashbacks are generally story driven things I think you should give it a watch so uh, <laughs> my my favorite part about this in the beginning when we're kind of like rewinding and we're going back to the beginning my favorite thing was I, you reacted exactly how I thought you would react which is we're we're kind of going back to Cheryl is preparing for her trip so she's she's gotten all of the necessities she's gotten a big hiking bag she's got a big you know she's got her toiletries she's got her water her freeze-dried food ton of stuff so much stuff so much stuff and she's um at this really shitty little motel getting ready which uh was really really funny uh in the beginning when she's checking in she's like yeah i'm i'm checking in i'm gonna be uh, hiking the PCT and the, the lady at the counter is like, okay, it'll be $18 unless you're expecting a suitor later then that'll be $20 and she's like, I'm not here to have a hookup. I don't it'll be $18 all night. And she goes okay until someone shows up. Like, why are you insinuating that she's like a hooker? 
at this like motel. But anyway, so she she gets checked in, and we're watching her try to pack her PCT thing, and it is so funny because she has <laughs> so overly packed. Yeah, she has got way too much stuff. She's filling up gallons of water, and we see her try to test out putting on her pack and she literally can't get it up off the ground and you reacted exactly how i thought you would saying that would absolutely be you that would be you i am the worst packer i always overpack i don't know why my eyes always just it's like the same thing like when you're like your eyes are bigger than your stomach kind of thing like i think i need way too much stuff when I don't need that much stuff. But I thought it was so funny that you were like, yeah, that would be you. She literally yeah. couldn't get it off the ground. She's just writhing around on the ground trying to get this backpack on. Which is pretty funny. It was really funny. And she's just like, son of a bitch, why is this so hard? <laughs> she hasn't even started the hike yet, and, and it, hike yet, and it's already so difficult. Yeah, we do see her also make a phone call to some guy who... Uh, I correctly deduced was her ex-husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of an awkward phone call because she's clearly calling him to just be like, hey, uh, I made it to the start of the trail. You're going to be sending me, like, boxes and stuff. And he's like, yeah, but, uh, like, I got somebody over, so I got to go. Yeah, he's And she's, she's like, oh, uh, but, and she's like, yeah, sorry. Yeah, he's, he's cooking dinner with a, a new lady. So it's obviously he's on having a date night and at least you realize that their relationship is healthy in a certain way in that he's helping. He's like, he's supportive of what she's doing and her idea. True. So he's, he's like, yeah, I, she asks him, do you have all the addresses of where I'm going to be stopping? Have you talked to my brother? Blah, blah, blah. And um, he's asking her if she needs anything specific that he could send her. You know, food, money, shoes, whatever. He's being very supportive. But at the same time, he's moving on with his life. As he should, after what we find out later. Yep. Uh, So she hitches a ride with some random guy while while the Simon and Garfunkel song plays. At least I think it's the Simon and Garfunkel song. Yeah. It's some song that her it, we get a flashback to her mother listening to. Dancing in the um, kitchen. Dancing in the kitchen. And then, to me, it looked like the mother had some sort of problems mm-hmm. at this point. Because it's a weird, choppy bit. But I guess later on it makes... She doesn't seem to actually have <laughs> any problems. I yeah. thought maybe she was going to like go crazy or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really it's good to note too that Cheryl, um, when she first starts off her journey, when she's at she's at a gas station outside of that shitty motel, um, she's kind of looking around and gauging who she could possibly ask for a ride, and we see her look at a truck that's got like two dudes in it that look very sketchy, and then she pans over and she sees another like truck or SUV and it's a, a guy and a young son. So she decides to ask them for Oh, I don't think I noticed that. Yeah. So she definitely is very aware of her surroundings and what's safe and probably not safe. 
Um, so she gets to the start of the trail. Um, there's a little trail, like, log book where you get to write your name and, like, the date and whatever to be like, oh, I'm starting this trail, you know, in case you go missing. I guess they can see when you checked in last. Yeah, I like that. Um, she writes a little quote by some author. Uh, I did not catch what it was. Half the time when it shows what she's writing, I didn't really make out what it was because it's all in, like, cursive and nobody knows how to read any of that. It's all, it, it was all, like, um, um, you know, famous authors and, you know, inspirational quotes and things that her, her mom liked from certain books. Um, yeah, I, I can't remember off the top of my head what some of them were. But they were all very, like, very inspiring, profound things that she was writing down right. so that other people could see them. The best part is she walks all of, like, five minutes and looks back and is just like... What am I doing? Yeah. She's like, oh, shit. I am in the middle of the desert. I've already committed. And this backpack is heavy as shit. So she is just really realizing that she is all in right now. And then she does the craziest thing. She sets up camp in the middle of the day. Which yeah, I, I not do like not that. understand. You did not like that. The sun is like in the middle of the sky. Yeah. Why are you setting up camp right now? I don't think that she, I, I don't think that she, tr like, trained or, like, I think she, she got this book that talked about hiking the trail and she thought, I can just do it. And I don't need any prep and everything will just work itself out. And then she immediately was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just thought it was crazy she was putting up a camp in the middle of the day. Yeah, you, you did say at that point, you were like, if you put up camp in the middle of the day, I would absolutely leave you. Yeah. Uh, we get to cut back to more flashbacks. We see her kind of going to college. Uh, and this is where I went, oh, is that Laura Dern? Yeah. Um, who I thought was just maybe another student or a teacher at first. But no, Laura Dern is her mother. Yep. They were both going to college at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like, her mother was going back to college yeah. to get a better life for herself. Mm -hmm. um, there was a brief time that my mom was going to college when I was college age. Yeah. Uh, and basically, they just have a little bit of a conversation about, like, Oh, I'm sorry I didn't talk to you today. And she's like, No, I understand. It's kind of weird to have your mother going to school at the same time as you are. Yeah. But it's great. Maybe you can help me out with this homework or assignment, whatever. It it is a, a it is a pretty funny scene when they kind of like cross paths um, in the hallway at one point, and she refers to her as Bobby, like calls her by her name instead of like mom, and like because she doesn't want people to know. Yeah, she doesn't want people to know that she's going to school with, school with her mom. But um, I think that the mom does a good job of like having a step back. Like, yeah. she's not trying to be overly in her business. She's not trying to be, like, a helicopter mom. She's just kind of like, hey, okay, I'll see you later. Yeah, we also see that she has a younger brother at this point who is pretty, Shitty. like, uncaring towards the whole situation because he gets home and's like, what's for dinner? Yeah. And the mom just starts making dinner versus working on her assignment, and he's old enough that he could, you know, make his own food. Yeah, he's, he's a grown-ass kid. His friend is over. And he couldn't possibly care any less about what her day at school was like. You know, what's what's for dinner? What's What are we eating? And Cheryl, you know, at one point even says, he's 
he's old enough to make his own food. He's fine. Like, you need to work on this assignment. It's important. And he's like, if she wants to make me dinner, let her make me dinner. Like, he's a little shithead. Little bratty kid. Not little, but... Yeah. But yeah, so Um, we do see uh, Laura Dern's character saying, you know, hey, this is what being a mom is all about. I can do both. I can juggle being a mom. I can juggle being a, a student all at the same time. But obviously Cheryl is, you know, concerned that that's too much pressure. Yeah. Uh, we cut back to present time, or at least the hiking present time. Mm-hmm. And I made a note. I go, first, she's setting up camp in the middle of the day. Second, she's waking up in what seems to be already the late morning, if not afternoon. What is she doing? Yeah. She's, she slept in a little bit. Um, she's making some, basically oatmeal or something like she's just eating the same thing over and over again because she cannot get a fire started she ended up by with all of the the tools that she bought for this hike she ended up buying like some sort of kit to cook food in but she bought the wrong kind of um i forget what it's called she like she bought the wrong kind of thing to make a fire like the wrong kind of butane yeah fuel so all she can do is just mix water and granola and she's just eating cold mush and she makes a point of saying she makes a point of saying that all she does is eat mush mush for breakfast mush for lunch cold mush for dinner cold mush for dessert yummy cold mush all the time uh, this is also where we get a little bit of a montage of her just doing this over and over again. And we get the 30 miles in 8 days. Yeah. And I, my note just says, that seems like a really bad pace. But I guess if you've got nowhere to be... <laughs> then I guess it works. My biggest thing, my biggest ick out of that was I... And I, I said this to you, because I know that you are the type of person that you can eat the same thing every day and you're fine. Yeah. The idea of eating the same thing for every meal more than a day grosses me out. Your ancestors would be very disappointed in you. I'm sure they would be. Unbelievable. Wait, wait. Potatoes? The Irish? I, I mean, I was just thinking if you go back far <laughs> enough, they were probably eating the same four things over and over again anywhere. Potatoes. Um, so she... She run, ends up running into some people who are doing, like, some farm farming work. Yeah, that uh, was confusing to or, me. Or, it's not even really clear if it's farming work or if maybe they're, like, mowing a f- an area or something, yeah. keeping the trail clean or whatever it might be. But I, she tells them she's run out of food already. And I just said, did she even prepare for this? And then this is where we find out she bought the wrong fuel and i went she bought the wrong fuel (laughs) what the bought the wrong fuel you had one job overpacked way too much didn't like she really went into this yeah not knowing what she was doing so the the guy she speaks with is like well look i'm working so i gotta do this but after i'm done i could drive you into the town or whatever even though the store will be closed and she's sitting there forever because when she talks to him it's light outside. Right. By the time he finishes, Dark. it's pitch black outside. Yeah. And 
she finds a gu- gun in his glove box at one point. Yeah, she gets a little nosy and she kind of starts rifling through the car just to kind of see like what what's this guy like about. He's just like this random kind of I don't know. He he gave me off like really southern vibes. Um, so, my favorite part was he gets back in the truck and and this is definitely what they were going for because it's from her mannerisms and mm-hmm. expressions, it's made clear that this is what we're supposed to be thinking because this is what she's thinking. But I was just like, I can't tell if this guy is like a good dude or yeah. really fucking creepy yeah, and something's kind that. of off about this. Because he sits down and he's like, So I thought about it. How about you come home with me and you can yeah. take a shower and have a warm meal? Yeah. Which, uh, she what? Like, yeah, and then she- he goes, so what kind of woman are you? And, yeah. he, and she's like, uh, I, I, excuse me? What does that mean? And then he goes, I got one, like, one more question for you. And he, he whips out some Twizzlers. <laughs> and he's like, just don't tell my wife. Turns out he's just a really nice guy. He's just a really who, nice guy. Who opened up with the most questionable few lines of dialogue imaginable instead of just, you know, it's late. The store probably won't be open. My wife is cooking dinner. Why don't you come home, eat with us, you can shower, rest up in a bed, whatever, and then I'll take you to the store first thing in the morning. You could have just said that instead of the way you went about it, being really suspect. Very 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 suspect. Very sus. And you can see her kind of, like, quail back in the seat, like... Because when he, even when he does get, like, the Twizzlers or whatever, he, like, leans across her into the glove box. Like, again, very sus. Shouldn't have done that. But, yeah, he he makes it seem like he's very creepy at first. And then balances it, balances it out with, we're basically understanding that they live very close by. So they probably get a lot of people that hike the PCT that come through and they help them. But, you know, she she makes a point to say, um, you know, I'm not hiking by myself. My husband actually is hiking with me. He's just a little bit farther oh, yeah. ahead. You know, my husband's around. You know, she's trying, kind of, like, throwing that out there just in case. You know, like, I've, I've got a husband, and he could fuck you up if he wants to. And then we find out, you know, obviously later on he... I don't think I would ever buy that. If some random woman who asks for help and I was just... First off, I want to be that creepy about it. (laughs) I'd be, like, very clear, like, hey, it's really late. The store's not going to be open. If you'd like, you can come back to my place with my wife or whatever. That's how I would have gone about it. But if somebody just randomly says, yeah, I'm hiking with my husband. He's, like, a few miles ahead of me and we're going to meet up somewhere. I'd be confused as to... Why wouldn't you two still just be, be together? together? Yeah. <laughs> that seems weird. Yeah, that weird. But he very clearly picks up on it right away, and he gets that she kind of felt a little bit uncertain and uncomfortable. I do like the scene when they're back at his his house, because he, uh, him and his wife have this, they're just this cute little, like, yeah. really country couple. And he's like, so a, a woman doing the PCT trail. And she's like, well, you don't think I can? And he's like, well, no, sure you can. Well, I just don't want anybody, I don't want somebody getting any ideas. Yeah. He's, he's like, because like, I, I, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. And then his wife's like, 
well, you don't think I can do it? And he's like, just don't get any ideas. Yeah, I don't want you leaving me. And she has made, and I love this part, this scene too, because she has no idea that this, that Cheryl's coming home, right? She has just willy-nilly, just for the two of them, made a huge home-cooked spread. Mashed potatoes, coleslaw, like fried chicken, all of this stuff. She just willy-nilly, just every night, she makes a really huge spread for her husband that works hard out in the desert. And then he brings her home. She's not concerned at all, you know, about her. It is pretty funny, though, when she walks in and she goes to sit down at the kitchen table before she sits down, the wife says, oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, yeah. No offense. And no puts offense. down some newspaper. Yeah, she puts newspaper down on the, on the seat. On the little seat cushion. Yeah, Don't ruin my nice seat. Yeah. No offense. You look a little gross. But, uh, but yeah, so they, they have a beautiful home-cooked meal and... Cheryl is basically just shoving it down. She's so hungry, and yeah. it's finally something that's not mush. Well, which is hilarious, because I'm pretty sure, at least from the looks of it, she was scooping up, like, coleslaw, which, to me, is basically just mush. It's a little bit mush, but it's different mush. Um, which, you know, some people would say it's supposed to be, like, crunchy and stuff, because the, the salad or lettuce, whatever, that's in there. I love coleslaw. Um, but whatever we get some more flashbacks we get to see her and her ex-husband getting these horse tattoos that are like a, a sh- uh, an interesting design it's like a weird kind of tribal wasn't it kind of like tribally it almost looks sort of tribally in yeah. the way that they're like the horse the legs have like spirals in them yeah. and stuff it's very stylized the strangest part about this is she already got it the husband is getting it and they're talking to the tattoo guy and he's like oh are you guys getting married and then she goes no we're getting divorced today and he's just like uh what and then she just blurts out yeah i cheated on him multiple times Mm -hmm. and i could not think of a more awkward thing to just all of a sudden be a part of if i was doing something for someone and then they just shared with me that they're doing this first off why are you i i still don't understand why they got matching tattoos if they're getting a divorce that part i do not understand even if it was something that was like we scheduled this Mm -hmm. like three months ago so we got to go through with it just cancel yeah can't why why i don't understand that part oh although no, no, it can't be anything to do with the baby because she didn't know whose baby the baby was. Right. And I think that happens in the future anyway. So I just don't get it. But if I was thrust into a conversation of these two people are getting divorced and it's because she cheated on him and... They want to commemorate it. It's just it. so unbelievably awkward. Yeah. I just... That... Nope. Nope. And it was so uncomfortable because the tattoo artist, he kept, like, trying to save the conversation. So he'd be like, oh, man, she seems really sorry and she seems really nice. (laughs) Yeah. So maybe you guys want to rethink this? Uh, And they're like, nope. Yep. Nope. We do get the, they go to, I don't know, City Hall or wherever you file the paperwork for the stuff. And she decided to just make her last name straight. Yes. So she, she had a, a different you know maiden name or whatever and then she had his name 
and she decided during the divorce proceedings that she wanted to change her name to Cheryl Strayed, like a stray dog, because she strayed from her husband. Again, I, I don't understand why you would do that to yourself. That's pretty harsh. And then commemorating it with a tattoo, also terrible. But that was her decision, and she's basically trying to own what she did to him. According to Wikipedia, following the divorce, she changed her surname to Strayed, a name she chose after months of contemplation. She chose Strayed for its symbolism and because she liked how it sounded together with her first name. I guess. I don't know. That Whatever. It's weird to me. Whatever. People can do what they want. At least she's not Princess Banana Hammock Consuela. I was literally just about to say that. Is it Princess Consuela Banana Banana Hammock. Yeah, whatever it is. And he was what, shitbag? (laughs) I don't remember. He changed his name. That's a Friends reference, by the way. Yeah. Um, So we get back to present day. The farmer guy who was helping her, his name's Frank. Mm -hmm. Um, He does take her to the store. She buys the correct fuel, so now she can actually have a working stove fire thing we do also see during the night when she does take that shower um while we're kind of going back and forth between um you know the the story of them getting the divorce and the tattoo and all that we do see her in the shower um and you know it's kind of panned down at at the bottom of the shower so we're seeing all this dirt coming off of her and then we also see that the pack that she's been wearing has caused horrible horrible sores yeah. On her, like, hips, on the sides of her arms, like, her armpits. They're just really, really bad. So, she's realizing, like, okay, I'm hurting myself with with this yeah. pack. So, something needs to change. Um, we do learn at this point, she does make mention that she's going maybe five to seven miles per day. Which, I noted again, that is unacceptable there's just no way I would go that few miles a day. I don't... That's like hardly doing anything. But but she's got sores. And I, and get, I get that maybe she's got a backpack on it, and maybe it's like 70 pounds or whatever, and that's obviously going to decrease your thing. But we'll learn in a moment what, it, what realistically it should look like. Yeah. Um, while she's doing all this stuff, uh, she runs into a naked man just bathing in a stream. Just, just, oh, brother, where art thou in it? Down at the crick. At the crick? Yep. Down at the crick? Yep. Uh, he, this part's pretty funny. I remember this from, like, trailers or something, where during this part, he's like, oh, I'm sorry, he's kind of covering himself, mm-hmm. and she goes, I'm coming down. <laughs> I'm coming down. Yeah, I would not, I would not have done that. Um, so they sit there and they start talking, and he... He's he, a nice guy. He knows who she is because he started after her. Right. So he'd seen her enter into the logbook. Cheryl write something. And he's like, oh, you're Cheryl. Oh, yeah. that's so cool. Blah, blah, blah. My name is Eric or something, I think. Um, and he, they're talking and she's like, oh, yeah. Um, how, how many miles are you averaging a day? And he says, 22 miles a yeah. day. And she goes, oh, oh, 
oh, uh, and she goes, I- I'm doing like 11 or, or 12. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing as good as you are. <laughs> Which I feel like if he knew, realistically in that moment, he probably, he might have made note of the name of like, that's the person who started the trail right before me or something. Maybe he didn't pay attention to what the date was, but had he paid attention to the date and been like, you know, let's say they're like 80 miles in or something, right? And let's say he started, like, four days ago, if he's doing, like, 20 miles a, a day, so 20, 40, 60, 80, he's there on his day four, if he noticed what day she signed in, and she's only been doing, like, five or seven a you day... You call her out? I would've. Really? I've been like, wait, did something happen? Why are you only here? <laughs> did you get hurt? <laughs> you think you'd call her out and be like, oh. If I remembered the date... I'd be like, wait, she how did... be much farther along? How, uh, yeah, I'd be like, did, did something happen? Are you okay? Did you get hurt? Shouldn't you be, like, at the first outpost or something by now? If you're doing... Like, how dare you? If, if you're doing 10 miles a day, and the first outpost is at, like, 100, you should have been, <laughs> been there by now if you signed the notebook... 12 days ago or whatever why are you only here he was very nice and maybe he was a far more experienced hiker that's true um at and this point we more do more well prepared oh no that's for certain um at this <laughs> point we do get the flashback to where she's sitting in like a random cafe with who i just assume is a friend yeah I think it's, it's like, like this random friend. woman who we see once or twice I don't even know if she has a name. Uh, at one point, I wasn't even... I don't know. I wasn't sure what was going on. Yeah, just a friend that they're having a lunch date. But she mentions she's pregnant. And that she's not sure who the father is. The friend is very um, upset by this. It kind of... She kind of... They don't say it, but the friend kind of gives off this... This vibe that, like, this isn't the first time that that's happened. And she's like, Cheryl, are you kidding me? Like, seriously. You, okay, let's go. We're going to go get a pregnancy test right now. Oh, and I'm going to watch you take it. And I'm going to watch you take it. That was the best part. Yeah. She's very irritated. (laughs) Um, We also, we get a little bit of an explanation as to why she's doing the trail at this point. Because while she's waiting for... Uh, like, the pregnancy test or to see a gynecologist or a doctor or something. She does see, like, a pamphlet for the PCT, and she's, like, thinking about it during all this. But this is where I, she's just, like, or at least my note to it was, her life got so crappy, mm-hmm. she thought walking on this trail would somehow walk her into a better life. I don't know. I think sometimes when people... I don't know, hit a breaking point that maybe anything can make sense in that moment. And she saw this pamphlet in one of those little, like, wooden holder thingies, and it looked beautiful, and she thought, maybe I should just throw myself into a situation that I'm not familiar with, that might be exciting, it might renew myself. I think a lot of people go through that. Sure. I threw myself on a cruise ship Mm -hmm. to go work. How'd that work? Not great. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> Turns out, when you try to find yourself, yourself is still also there. <laughs> that is true. Uh, she finally does make it to the first, like, checkpoint thing. Mm-hmm. I think they say exactly how far it is. I almost want to say 100 miles. It might be more than that. I don't quite remember. But when she gets there, the guy, she, the naked man she met is there. Because he went on ahead of her. Yeah. Uh, and he's told other people that she's going to show up. So when she shows up, there's like a... They're like clapping like, oh my god, Cheryl, she's, you made it. Whoa. She's kind of like a little bit of a PCT celebrity at this point. Just Which because is weird. It is a little weird. But I think a lot of these people are just... They saw that there's a single woman who's doing the trail. She's leaving behind really inspirational quotes. And I think they're all rooting for her and that's why she kind of has this celebrity status that's, that's kind of true so um so they clap for her when they see her they want to get her a drink they, wanna... they they get very specifically a lemonade snapple they asked her if she wanted and a, a bag beer. of chips yeah she's you can have anything you want do you want a beer do you want you know anything all i want is a snapple and a bag of chips and then there's some old guy who they're like he's cooking some food so I'll have food later um, she does get a little care package that was sent to her from the ex. He's like, hey, you made it to the first place. Great. Here's some money. Here's some other things for you that you asked for. Um, like oh, snacks and things like and that. And while all that's happening, um, the old haired guy who's like making food, they kind of have a little talk and he, and she's like, oh, or do you do this trail a lot? And he's like, no, no, no. I just come up here to, you know give out things to the people who are doing it to kind of give back or whatever they're kind of like um it's kind of like a little cabin or a kind of like a community within this cabin area and it's this elderly couple who maybe they were retired and stay there but this i, I this, don't think that's right no no i just feel like it was this old guy that's like i take care he of is an old that- guy but i don't think he lives there I think he goes up there during the season and cooks things for people. And takes care of people. But it, he, he seems <laughs> very, like... He seems like a, a a grandpa figure to all these people that are coming in and, and out. Yeah, basically, he just tells her, like, you're doing dumb shit. Yeah. Let me, let me help you. He, yeah. And she's like, what do you mean? He goes, well, you're... you're oh, they called her Backpack the Monster at one point. Yes. Because it's and, so big. And he's like, you just have a lot of stuff here that you don't need. If you give me a second, I'll help you out. One, he mentions about her shoes because she mentions that her feet are hurting. He goes, well, it's because you got two small shoes. Right. You need to call the place, tell them. They'll send you a, a bigger pair. That'll help you. Second, you have way too much shit in your pack. After I'm done, I'll help you go through it and we'll lighten that load a little bit. Which, by the way, everything she bought was from the store REI. And I would like to say... One time, I was driving past the the REI uh, flag store, flagship store in Dallas, and I saw someone out in the parking lot that looked just like her, that had a big, huge pack, and all this stuff. And I was like, I bet she's buying hiking boots or something. <laughs> but he he did make a point of saying, you know, REI, they're you know an out- outdoor store. If you call them and just tell them where you're going and that your shoes are too small they'll just ship them to you you don't have to do anything and she was like yeah i was thinking about i thought i thought they were too small yeah so he helps her get rid of some things he's like look i'm gonna go through this stuff and i'm gonna throw i'm gonna take away all the stuff you don't need 
unless you can give me a reason oh, you need reason. it. Oh, good reason, yeah. And he's just, like, pulling up things like, oh, how are these working for you? Binoculars. Yeah. She's like, I haven't used them once. He's like, okay, gone. Gone. How's this thing working for you? And she's like, I don't even actually know what that is. He's like, okay, gone. He's like, what is... She's like, yeah, I don't know why I thought I'd need a saw yeah. and all these other things. At one point, he pulls up and he goes... 12 condoms? Why does she have condoms? Why does she have a full box of condoms? This, look, it makes a little bit more sense than what we're going to find out about her later. But, did she just think she was going to bump into a bunch of random people on this trail and just decide, like, the better way to better myself is to sleep with every single guy I find? Or at least, like, 12 of them no idea what the thought process behind that was but it was hilarious that he was like do you really need all these and she was like no and then he puts them down and then at some point he like turns his back and she she takes she one ta- she just takes one and puts it in her pocket just in case uh which is funny but still seems crazy to me yeah. um we get a flashback again to her mother we find out that her mother had tumors on her spine mm-hmm not a good sign. No. Um, but very... Um, the mom was always very optimistic. Between college, between being a mom, and then we find out this diagnosis. She's like... She's definitely not as concerned as Cheryl is. Cheryl is... While they're sitting there and they're getting this news, Cheryl is asking questions. She's... <laughs> Okay, what what's the time frame? What are we looking at? And the mom's like, everything's going to be fine. Everything's good. We're going to be okay. So she always did a really, really good job of being positive. Yeah. Um, we do... We cut back to her. And she had been told before that there is, like, a mountain pass that a lot of snow has fallen on. So she should probably either take the long way around it... Or take, like, a bus down to Reno Mm -hmm. and then pick up the trail from there. When we cut back to present time, she is taking a bus to Reno. Right. uh, Which is to avoid the snow. And then she just uh, starts to try and hitchhike. Mm -hmm. Sticking out her thumb, trying to get a ride. This part also just seems so random and pointless and doesn't really go anywhere in the rest of the story but i assume it probably is you know it's based on something that happened so to some degree it probably actually happened and that's the significance of it but while she's hitchhiking this random guy pulls over mm-hmm. he's got a bunch of junk and stuff in his car he gets out and he goes are you a hobo <laughs> He just he keeps saying hobo over and over and over again. Like, you can't think of another term at all. But his point was, I'm not going to give you a ride, because I can't. My car's full of stuff. But I'm a writer for this random newspaper, and I'm writing a story about hobos in America. So how did you become a hobo? There's not. I don't run into many fem- female you know, hobos. And she's just like, I'm not a hobo. And he goes, oh, okay, then where do you live? She goes, well, I don't have an address. Oh, oh, so you're a hobo. And it just, this goes on for like three or four minutes and feels completely pointless to anything else in the movie. Yeah. It's just so random, so pointless. He talks to her for a little bit, gives her a grocery bag full of like some, like a beer and some other random 
snacks like some or sort whatever. Of, like, gift bag. He said it was like his hobo care like care package, care package or whatever. Yeah. And then he just drives off. <laughs> He's like, "Do I have permission to use your name in my article?" And she's like, "No, because I'm not a hobo. I'm just trying to get a ride and I'm doing the trail." And he's like, all right, well, here have some, I don't know, flaming Hot Cheetos and a Miller Lite. It's so, so random. It was so random and so rude. She was <laughs> so offended. We go back to flashbacks, and we see her mother getting more and more sick. She's spending time with her mother in the hospital. Mm-hmm. She leaves the hospital one night to try and find her brother. She can't find him. She calls, like, a friend saying, hey, this is urgent. You need to tell him to come, come get me. He shows up at the house one night or day it's not really clear and she's like we need to go see mom why haven't you gone to see mom so they go to the hospital to see her and when they get to the hospital the mother's dead there's a note on the door that is like go talk to a nurse or something before entering and they're like what? So they go in to enter, realizing that must mean that she died or something. As they're entering, the nurse goes, she wanted to donate her cornea. So there's ice bags on her eyes. What happened was the mother died, and then they took her eyeballs for donation and put what looks like... Uh, gloves. Gloves, latex whatever. Gloves. Latex I don't know about late. Whatever those gloves are, I don't think they're like latex. medical, medical, medical gloves. gloves. Filled them with ice and placed them on top of her face. What's it's an it's an incredibly at least for me it was a very upsetting scene because I'm gonna donate my eyeballs. Bleh. You can't have them. <laughs> it's a very upsetting scene because one the brother is very much so removed like he's he has absolutely disassociated he is not recognizing the fact that their mother is dying he refuses to accept the fact that she's going to die at any time and he is i don't know if i think uh, upon the like first couple watches i thought he was like drunk or on drugs or something because he just kind of seemed really removed um but the fact that she and him went there to see their mom and they did not contact her at all to let her know that their mom had died or that they removed her corneas and they were kind of like, oh, we, we thought you knew. What? Why wouldn't you call her? Why wouldn't you well, say Well, unfortunately, anything? it's not her decision. It's the mother's decision. It's true, but they could have at least prepared her for what she was going to see because when she walked in that room and she saw her mom was deceased and had fucking glove ice bags on her face was I mean that's not there's no way to be prepared for that so like the the hospital was really really shitty about that and she tried so hard to be strong not only for herself, but also for her brother. And I don't know. It, it's a it's a it's a really tough scene. I cried a lot the first couple times I saw it. <laughs> um, so her mother dying is sort of the spiral catalyst to everything. Mm-hmm. She, from this point, it, everything everything just spirals. Um, 
we're seeing her doing heroin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's just at first just like smoking it, but later on we get to, we see that she was injecting it into like her foot and all. Uh, Ew, between her toes. If you don't know, they have to do that. Why? Because when you inject it in spots so often, that spot spot starts to get tough, so you can't inject it there anymore. So you have to find other spots, Ugh. and people will do it so often that like the normal spots of like the arms or legs or butt or whatever isn't like you can't do it. So they go in between the toes. Oh, that's so uh, disturbing. To watch. Things like that. Anyway, she's she's doing heroin, and then she's just she's like a waitress in places, and she just randomly takes men into like an alleyway and just has sex with multiple people while they're watching while they're like the other ones on guard making sure nobody shows up i don't know how anybody who's grieving over something that their their response would just be this extreme sex it just doesn't make sense to me I think the only thing that I can think of is that it was more so, um... I'm just saying, I don't, I can't um, ever imagine myself just going, damn, I'm so sad, maybe meth will help. (laughs) Or maybe heroin will will help. This will change my life for the better. I think she was more so looking for a distraction, and then... Take up a hobby. Start, like, crocheting or something. I don't know. Why? What is the jump to heroin? I just don't get it. She, I don't know. The sex thing kind of makes sense, I suppose. You want to feel some sort of intimacy or, like, love or something, I guess. The heroin thing, I just don't get at all. I don't, I don't understand. It's, it's really, really sad to see, you know, someone who had a lot of things going for them. She was doing really well in college. You know, she had her mom. She had so many things going for her. Really pretty, really likable. To see her be so down that she felt like drugs and sex and all of that was what she deserved. And it's really, really sad to see that. It's also really sad knowing that a lot of people go through that in life so many people all it takes is something so many people do drugs so many people you know have something happen in their lives and just they just plummet all the drugs all the drugs so it's it's really sad but it's it's a sad truth and um i think it was very uh, brave of her to write about that to talk about that and to put that out you know, to an audience that this is a thing that happens and it sucks. And you just, you feel terrible for her. Uh, so we get back to present time. She has made it to the next, like, checkpoint place. She got better shoes. Yes. She got another note from the ex-husband who's like, wow, you made it to the second thing. Great. Cool. Goodbye. Um, at this point, she does also m- meet another woman doing the trail. Yes. Uh, so that's kind of, like, fun and exciting, is, like, yeah. she's not the only woman out there kind of doing it. She does learn from this lady that, I think I called him Eric earlier, but the naked man, his name was actually Greg. 
that Greg has quit the trail because he could not put up with the snow. Yeah. He tapped out. And the snow was... uh, Oh, at this point, we've caught up back to the beginning of the movie. The snow part that she did led to her getting up to the top of that mountain, Mm -hmm. her shoe coming off, her toenail being fucked up, and then her wearing, like, duct taping, like, flip-flops onto her feet for until she got to this point right to get her new shoes yeah um so she just has a little chat with this other woman who's going through and doing the trail um nothing too much to really talk about other than just like yeah go women yeah um i think it was just nice and refreshing for her to not come across a dude right we do cut back to seeing her spiral more. We get to see her doing more heroin. She's definitely in, like, a drug house. Like, the most stereotypical drug house thing. Where it's just, like, an empty, beat-up... Like, uh, the walls are sort of that, like, yellowish color from yeah. all the smoke and whatever. Like and it's just, like and it just a single mattress in the corner. And the druggies are all just, like, laying on it and whatever. She's naked. Um, she's also... You know, screwing around with some more people. She did actually go to a therapist. I was like, oh, she actually tried to see a therapist about this. Mm -hmm. Wow. But it was like, uh, as he put it, a $10 therapy session. So maybe you could have aimed a little bit higher. Maybe the money you spent on the the heroin you could have put towards a therapist. Yeah, she really wasn't vibing with the therapist. She was like noting, you know, that the therapist would ask her questions and she would kind of divert the conversation and be like do all of these inspirational posters like mean anything to anyone does it <laughs> oh, shit she, i loved she pointed out a poster behind it they're in like a school gymnasium or yeah. something kind of thing it looks like and there's the picture of the milky way galaxy in the back with the arrow that goes you are here and she's like why would you show that to kids yeah like that's so fucking depressing why are you gonna teach them that they don't matter and I'm, that is just the funniest shit to me because that's actually how people think about that. She could she could not have been any less interested in that therapy session. It's hilarious. She was like, I don't know why I'm here and I don't buy your bullshit. So, yeah. I do drugs and I fuck around. So, it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. So back in the present day... Um, she, she was warned at one point by the guy who sort of runs, like, the camp, the little camp, whatever, the park ranger guy, whoever. He was saying, hey, you should fill up on water before you leave. And and she was like, well, why? Isn't there a water tank, like, 20 miles or whatever in? And he's like, well, yeah, but, you know, like, the heat and stuff. And she's like, well, I'll be fine. Mm Mm-hmm. Should have listened to him. Very much so should have listened. Because she ends up running out of water. Yep. And she, she like, she wastes so much of the water. She looks at her jug. It's got, like, how much is left in it. And she just goes, meh, drinks some more, and then dumps the rest on her head. Yeah, she, like, uses it to kind of, like, wash her face and her head. Uh, so she's, she finds the tank. The tank's not working. It's empty or evaporated, whatever. So now she's just like, oh, shit, I need to find water. Uh, I don't have water. I'm going to die because I don't have water. 
Um, she does eventually find, like, a little puddle mm-hmm. or something in the ground. Like, n- right. it's not a lake or river or pond, even. Yeah, just it's just, like, this pond dirty, water. gross water. But she has uh, a filter. Right. So she screws it onto a water bottle. She throws in one end into the water, starts pumping to filter the water. Mm-hmm. Um... She does it for both of her water bottles, and then she puts in iodine tablets, right. which are going to help make the water drinkable, but it's going to take 30 minutes. And it is very murky looking. It is not appetizing yeah. to look at at all, and it looks also very exhausting Yeah. to like be pumping and pumping and pumping the thing and then the iodine <laughs> and all that. No, thank you. And while she's doing this... She, two random hunters come out of nowhere, and they're like, "Hey, uh, do you got do you got some water? We're trying to find some water." And they've, because uh, we don't have any. And she's like, uh, "Well, no, my water's not ready yet. It's gonna take like thirty minutes. Um, but I have a filter if you want to use it." And they're like, "Oh, we don't have any water bottles, but we got beer cans." So she fills their beer cans with this filtered water, then puts tablets in for them, and goes, "It's gonna take about thirty minutes." And then they just, like, awkwardly sit there. They're, like, they are creepy country bumpkin hunters that have clearly been drinking. They're just sitting, well, they're sitting there, and the one goes, well, how are we going to pass the time? And one of them just goes, I know something we could do. They're very creepy. Very, very creepy. Very off-putting, especially... If you are a woman all alone in the middle of nowhere and these guys show up and just give you the ick. Um, the one, like, bigger hunter guy's like, all right, well, we should be getting out of here anyway. And she's like, oh, yeah, me too. And she starts packing up while they walk off. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see her, like, walk into this these bushes and she watches them leave. And then she's like, oh, okay, good. And then she just kind of sits down again, like, no big deal. And as she's, like, messing with her stuff, putting her stuff out, the skinny, smaller hunter guy is just there, standing there. Staring at him. And he's like, I thought you were going to leave. Yeah. And she's like, well, I was was leaving. He's like, "Mm, mmm, uh-huh. He is so uncomfortable and creepy. She thought that they left. So she'd be okay to set up camp. And now he's just gawking at her, staring at her. And very much so making her feel like she is not in a safe place right now. Yeah, and it does feel like it's about to get in a... You know, like, go, like, the worst possible way. Yeah. And then the other hunter from, like, the tree line is like... Hey, what are you doing? I thought I lost you. Get over here. Yeah. And then the guy just leaves. You can you can very much so tell that the one guy is creeping on her and acknowledges the idea that they are in the middle of nowhere and she's alone. And the other guy is like, hey, can we just focus on what why we're here and leave? Yeah. But he does a really great job of making her feel so uncomfortable and vulnerable. Yeah, it's it's creepy and unnecessary, and I also really don't understand why she also did not just leave. She, I, I think between this 
interaction and when she was in the truck with that farmer guy, I think that we can very easily see that she clocks when guys are um, making her feel uncomfortable. And I think that she tries to do her best to fake her way out of it or to appease whatever guy is making her feel uncomfortable so that she it's like a like survival mode i think that that's why she did that uh she does while he's leaving take the opportunity to start basically running Mm -hmm. uh and she goes for a while until it more or less does feel like she's not being chased right um somewhere during all of this as well we did get flashbacks to see that her mother like owned a horse and is like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm dying. So you got to kind of take care of the horse. And then the horse also is dying. It's got like these giant open wounds and stuff on its side. Clearly it was not like taken care of. Uh, the son or brother ends up having to shoot it to put it down. Um, very strange. I suppose it's, that's sort of symbolism for her well-being yeah. uh, of, you know, kind of like having things together, things are good, to then they're just not good. Falling apart. And it, it's re- it was really, really hard for her. You know, we're seeing these really close shots of the horse's face um, and her, because she knew how important that horse was to her mom. Um, and it was kind of like the last connection that she had with her so having to put the horse down was just another you know another nail in 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 the coffin so it was really really hard seeing them having to to put the horse down um it's on to day 62 and she has arrived in oregon uh she says hello to some cows so to yeah. some Oregon cows. Yeah. Uh, we get a flashback to... Well, she she makes it to this town. Um, and it's not... Technically, this part's not a flashback. She makes it to a town. And in the town, there's essentially a lot of hippies around. There's They're playing, like, live music. She's kind of yeah. looking around. Everybody's wearing, like, tie-dye shirts. Kind of has, like, long, unkempt kempt hair. Uh, the little, like, bandanas with the long hair or whatever. And we see on one of the cars or maybe vans that she looks at is it says Grateful Dead. Right. The Grateful Dead, for anybody who does not know, is a band that was founded in the 60s. That's when they rose to prominence, all during the, you know, free love era. Mm -hmm. Uh, all that sort of stuff. So, rock band from the 60s very much hippie culture sort of stuff what ha- what is happening here is something that uh, again it's based on all true stories and whatnot is she comes to learn when she runs into a guy who's going hey we're doing this uh remembrance concert tonight if you want to come for jerry garcia jerry garcia was uh, the principal songwriter, lead guitarist, and vocalist for the great for the band Grateful Dead, uh, which he co-founded during the 1960s. He died on August 6th, 1995. Hmm. 
So if this movie you said starts in like July or something, June or July, she was reaching Oregon just, you know, within a few weeks of when he passed away. So, um, and just randomly for whatever reason they were having it in Oregon. I don't, I don't know if there's any significance to it being in Oregon, um, but that's what was going on. Uh, she does, (laughs) I think she does go out on the town, uh, to, you know, just kind of be around people and stuff that she's not really around for the last 62 days. Yeah, she's been in the desert, she's been by herself, she's been just coming across creepy people left and right. Um, there is one scene where she walks into a, she walks into a boutique in this little town and it's like a, a, I don't know, maybe think of like an Ulta or a Sephora, like a makeup place. She walks in there and she's looking around, she's trying on lipstick and things like that because she wants to look nice for later. And one of the people that works there basically is like, honey, you need to go take a shower. And yeah, she's she's like, don't take this the wrong way, but yeah. it doesn't matter how much lipstick you put on, you stink. Yeah, you, you're gross. They kind of give her the treatment of, like, you can't afford to be in here, and you should just go. Yeah. But she's, she has money, and she wants to buy some blush and some lipstick or whatever. But, yeah, that, that lady telling her, basically, go take a shower was so rude. And she was like, oh. Well, the okay. thing is, she does go back to a hotel, takes a shower, goes back, gets the lipstick, yeah. goes out to, like, this concert festivity thing. And then she gets to use that single single condom that she kept. Because she says, uh, what was his name in Game of Thrones? Dar- Darius? Darius Navarro or something like that? Game of Thrones guy? You're kind of sexy. Let's do it. Yeah. Been a it's, while. Been, it's been at least 62 days. It's been a hot minute. And I got brand new lipstick, boys. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she hooks up with the Grateful Dead guy. Yeah. Uh, and then she just back on the trail. She back on the final bit of the trail. She got a nice hot shower. Hit it and lipstick, quit it. And got it in. And she's back on her way. Got it in. Got it in. Got it in. <laughs> nobody can see that face you made so it's okay she just made she said got it in and then made a face of absolute disgust i don't like that i said that i take it back she said it twice oh boy. <laughs> um so as she's on her trail and the final sort of stretch of the journey she does run into a group of hikers um it's three guys who are all like Oh my god, Cheryl! Yeah, you wrote the, those quotes. Oh, I loved this one. Oh, I loved that one. Uh, you wrote this one. Who who said that? And she's like, oh, that's that was me. I, I said that one. Yeah. Like, oh, that's my favorite. So they're all sort of buddy-buddy. She, again, is having her like little celebrity status moment. Yeah, now she's like a little mini-celebrity because yeah. all these people have taken note of her quotes from authors that she's left along the way. Right. Uh, and they're just kind of running into her, so. And they're still they're still really applauding her for being a single woman doing this. Yeah, that too. We do cut to 
Um, it kind of fast forwards a little bit. It's all rainy and stuff out. And she's getting to sort of the last drop off point or checkpoint. And the park ranger or whatever these guys are is like, I closed up shop. You'll have to get your package in the morning. She's like, oh, come on. It's a, it's like my it's my last one. It's really important. I just need it. Please, could you open up? And he's like, fine. If you'll agree to maybe get some drinks with me later. And she's like, okay, fine. She's so exhausted at this point of guys. But she knows that if she can bat her eyelashes hard enough, he's gonna let her get her package. And I don't know. I I think what I I love a lot about what the point that she makes throughout this story is that men are exhausting. (laughs) Why are you looking at me like that? (laughs) She just wants to hike the trail. Why does everyone around every corner, like, want to boink her? Like, stop. (laughs) I was going to say something, but it would have seemed very mean. Yeah. Yeah. Because my thing would have been, while watching the credits and it shows photos of her during that time, my thought is, there's no way all these men wanted that. That's rude. (laughs) I'm not trying to say she's ugly or anything. I just, you know, this is always going to happen when you tell a true story that you're going to have, like, Reese Witherspoon, an actress who's... You know, the the Hollywood standard kind of beauty thing. Yeah. And then you cut to the real person, and you're like, yeah, they just look like a normal person. Maybe they're just really desperate out there. You might be really horny on the trail. I don't know. Maybe it's an aphrodisiac. Af- uh, what am I saying? Aphrodisiac? Aphrodisiac. Yeah, there you go. Honestly? <laughs> Being I'm out in the woods. Not surprised at all. No? No. You've been there before? Honestly, guys don't care. They about, about wait. I don't even understand what you're trying to say. Even if about not, being smelly. No, like even if she's not Reese Witherspoon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah guys yeah, yeah. are still want, gonna want to get it in. I've told you this over and over again. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder, so it doesn't matter. Just because I don't particularly think she looked all that appealing or like if i would have been there in 1995 and saw her on the trail yeah. i'd been like hey good job way to go yeah. i would not have been like you want to get some- you, you want to come over to my tent tonight exactly i wouldn't have i wouldn't that guys are gross but you know i don't know what any of the dudes on that trail looked like they might have all looked like yeah that makes sense that they'd want to <laughs> i think so too uh but who, who knows anyway um so the guy opens up the cabin, gives her the final box. As he's doing that, the three dudes she met earlier, like the day before, show up. And she's like, please just give them the boxes. And he's like, fine. And then he's like, so about that drink. And as yeah. he's like doing that, she just leaves with the other dudes. She's like, bye. Um, I, lo- I love, that was such a power move. It, it kind of was a power move right? that she used them being there yeah. as like the escape because they're like, hey, Cheryl, like yeah. they know they know her air quotes that she could just be like, 
all right, I'm leaving with my friends. Like, can you pretty, pretty please give them their box? They, you're still here. You've got the keys. You can go in there and grab it. Like, she definitely, like, used that to her advantage, finally. You know, she, I think yeah. in that moment, she kind of came about. Batted her eyelashes. Whereas every other uh, interaction that she had with men, she was very, like, kind of, recoiled and nervous and you know kind of off put now we saw her actually using that to her advantage to be like I know that if I ask this guy in a certain way and again about my eyelashes that he's gonna do what I want and he does manipulative good for her <laughs> finally she's been she's been tossed around this entire time for so we go to the next morning, and this is the scene I've seen before. I don't know if this is scenes that I've seen of, like, Oscar, you know, uh, montages or something or whatever it might be. But I've seen this scene before. You might have even shown me this scene. But it's the next morning, and the three dudes are all sitting there eating, like, their breakfast or whatever. And she comes out, and the ranger guy brings her a coffee and like a donut, a donut. or something yeah. and they're just like oh yeah we're just gonna call it. do you have a do you have a, a a trail name and she's like no and he's like well we came up with one for you queen queen cheryl or queen yeah. queen whatever and she's like well why and she's like well beca- because of that exact reason yeah, that you're just getting whatever you want we didn't get any coffee yeah we, we didn't, didn't get we any didn't donuts. get coffee or donuts or uh that was a special delivery. nobody's gonna refill f- we, you only have to get up and get your refills and she's like no actually the refills refills come to me or something like that yeah um which is kind of like a fun little you know thing kind of going on uh but <laughs> we also get very randomly that the one of the friends starts humming a song and the other one's like stop it don't that's gonna be stuck in my head all day and then he goes Hey, 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 I said, hey, what's going on? And then they run off, which is just super random, hilarious because we have a friend who streams and one of his redemptions in his stream, JRad1985 on Twitch, is this song, but to the, the He-Man meme, like a, the whole video for the song, um... So I hear it constantly. I feel like this scene was, while it may not seem significant on like a first watch, I think that it was important to the story because we are seeing that not every male here is threatening and creepy and weird. They're just like young guys that are just like having a fun time. None of them make her feel uncomfortable. None of That's them, a good like, point. None of them do anything... If anything, they made her feel kind of like at home in a way, or kind of like a part of a little group. That makes a lot of sense. I would have originally just been like, "What's going on?" <laughs> What's going on? I said, "Hey." Okay. Anyway, um. I, I do. I do love the part where the, that park ranger specifically only brings her a coffee and a donut. And then yeah. completely, I feel like maybe one of the guys says something to the ranger, and he just like, he's like, whatever, bye. 
like doesn't doesn't give a shit at all. But I, I think that that scene was really really good to alleviate some of the tension that we had throughout the movie. Yeah, um, she packs up, starts walking the rest of the trail. The next scene we get is also seemingly very weird and just random, but it's she runs into a llama out in the forest um, that belongs to this old lady and her grandson I think or maybe just son I don't really remember I think it's a grandson who's maybe like six years old or something like he's relatively young and they just have a small little conversation and she and the kid says something along the lines of like I'm out here to walk the trail because things happen that I'm not allowed to talk about and she goes I understand there are things that I don't want to talk about too. Mm-hmm. He goes, oh, well, where, where's your dad? And she's like, I don't know. What about your mom? Oh, she died. Oh, my mom sings songs to me. You want to hear a song she taught me? And then he sings a song and it just like, everything sort of clicks with her that everything's going to be fine, that she's, you know, made it through her grief and everything and that what her mother has taught her and uh relayed to her into the woman she's become is so is basically the legacy that her mother leaves behind similar to like the song is something the kid's gonna remember and she cries and says that that was beautiful and then leaves and then she shows up to a bridge which i guess is the final point of the trail or or she like finished the trail and then is just on a street and at the street is a bridge called the Bridge of Gods. Mm-hmm. And she just um, walks across it, stops halfway through, and we get a little bit of a, a monologue about after 96, 94 days, I finished this trail. And what I would not know in like two years time... I would meet this man that I would end up marrying. And four years time, we would marry in a spot that I could have seen from that bridge after I finished this trail. Then a few years later, we have a son. And then a few years later after that, we have a daughter who I named after my mother, Bobby. And then, obviously, like six years after that, this movie got made. Right. And that's a, the end. It was a really good ending, I feel like. Um, I feel like it, it could have gone a lot of different ways, but, um, I feel like this just kind of tied a nice little ribbon on her story. I don't know if she wrote another book after this. Um, she did, I'd like to read it, but the way that she told the story and told, I don't know, her journey, I just it always resonated with me and it always made me feel I don't know you, you throughout this movie you feel a lot of different things you feel angry you feel sad you feel happy you feel love um, and I, I don't know I just I think it's a fantastic movie it was a fantastic book and yeah I, I, I think that Reese Witherspoon did an absolutely fantastic job portraying her. Yeah. Um, It is an interesting story. 
I'll give you that. Um, I think the movie is fine. Uh, I don't... I would like to say... I don't have anything to really relate to with it. I would like to say, earlier, you said when we were going to, like, you know, talk about the movie, I said, you're going to shit all over this movie, aren't you? Have I? You have not. Yeah. I think... So, take that. Take that. I don't think the movie's bad. I just don't think, like, it doesn't really do anything for me. I don't see Mm -hmm. myself ever, probably ever wanting to watch it again because there's not really much going on with it. It's just, I'm sad, sex and drugs didn't fix it, so I'm going to walk until I feel better. With some very just seemingly extremely random encounters with, like, a guy writing stories about hobos and a a lady, a kid, and a llama in the woods and just... Just things that don't that, that don't feel like part of a cohesive or coherent whole that just pad out the runtime to be nearly two hours long when you could cut those and it'd be like an hour and a half and probably be a better movie. I also don't think... I think... Well... Put an asterisk to that. To some degree, it is true. Because no true story is ever full... No... No, based on a true story is ever fully the truth. Right. Things are probably amalgamations of whatever, whatever. Who cares? Um, I Also, the flashbacks and stuff, I think, are, like, they're just... They're fine. They're fine. I like Laura Dern, but I don't think that she did anything special in this. kind of wild to me to think that she got a nomination for Best Supporting Actress. Do you believe, do you believe in the Laura Dern curse? What is that? Every, like, TV show or movie that Laura Dern is in, she always dies. There's, like... She survives Jurassic Park. Okay. All of them. Well, that's one thing. All of them. She survived Marriage Story and won an Oscar for it. I've heard and read so many things that are like, if Laura Dern is in a TV show or a movie, she's gonna die. I've I've never heard that before, but that's like a Sean Bean thing. I think that it's also um, a terrible thing. Like if I if I step my toe or hit my foot anywhere, I like to blame it on the fact that Sean Bean's name doesn't rhyme. Sheen Bean. It's not pronounced the way that it's spelled. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I I blame the universe for that. Um, yeah. Why is it Why is it Sean Bean? It's literally spelled the same. I don't know. Um, anyway. So, yeah, so that's wild. I think the movie is fine. Did Did you think that it, it held up to what you thought my standard of it was? Like, why I like it so much? <laughs> because of the other movies I know that you really like? Yes. That sounded like a little bit of a backhanded compliment. I, th- I think that'd be a backhanded insult. All right. <laughs> I mean, look, you also love The Greatest Showman, which I also I don't think is a bad movie, but I also don't think it's an amazing movie. <laughs> the Greatest Showman is an amazing movie. It's fucking fantastic. Also based on a real person, but doesn't tell the true story about how terrible and awful of a human he was. I do agree with that part. 
So was actually a shitty person. Take that, Hugh Jackman. Making shitty people likable. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's the the movie's fine. I just again don't ever see myself probably ever watching it again. It's whatever. I. It's a it. it's it's a slightly interesting true story about somebody dealing with their grief by walking however many miles. One thousand one hundred. To which I would just go. That seems like a dumb way to process your grief, but you know whatever whatever people need to do, do whatever you need to do. Everyone Outside of like different. not hurting people, which is what she did the first time by doing drugs and sleeping with people while she was married. And putting needles in her toes. And putting needles into herself, yes. Well, I'm Crazy glad, story. I'm glad that you were at least open. Also, imagine in the future her daughter now being at least 15. In, well, actually, I don't know how old her daughter was when she was playing six-year-old her. Probably not six. Maybe like 10 or something. Let's just say her daughter was 20 now. And to be like... Oh, I was in a movie once. Wild. Wow, we should watch it. And then watching a movie about your mother and be like, Oh. 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 Ew. Ew. You sucked on a guy's finger. Mom, you... Mom, you said you didn't like my boyfriend, Tim, when I was a teenager. And you fucked people in an alleyway while you were working? Back to back? (laughs) Literally. Literally. Wild. Very, very (laughs) off-putting. You were wild, Mom. Yeah, there is a very uncomfortable sex scene where she does suck on a guy's finger. <laughs> I really did not like that. Wow, somebody put a finger in somebody's mouth. Oh, oh. disgusting. It's very gross. I don't know how that grosses you out in the alley, that, like that not threesome part. Me out. Yeah. Anyway, the movie's fine. I she think she was sitting on a dumpster. Yeah. She, she need was to having be sex. propped up somehow. She was having sex on a dumpster need, in a back alley. Need to be prop. Haven't we all been there? <laughs> uh, anyway, the movie's fine. Well, I'm glad that you finally watched it, it's and fine. I'm glad that you had an open mind. I always have an open mind. Mm. I'll watch anything. I've said that many times. Do you want to watch Midsummer? I've watched Midsummer. Do you want to watch it again? No. I've watched it plenty of times. I've seen it Two times. twice. <laughs> I almost said three. I I think just twice though. Just the twice. Yeah, that's too too many. Anywho. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's wild. It's I I think it's okay. She loves it. Check it out if you haven't checked it out. Yeah. I suppose. Uh, or we just told you the whole movie, so now you don't have to. You can find it streaming on... Max. HBO Max. Nope, just Max. I hate that it's just called Max. You can find it on Max. On Max. Or... It's not on the shelf anywhere. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Those are all Blu-rays. It's somewhere. It's not on the shelf of Blu-rays. Or you can find it in probably like a $5 bin at Walmart. (laughs) <laughs> that is probably true. You might be able to. Um, so, yeah, go check it out. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh, check out any of our other previous episodes. We've got a lot of them at this point. Oh, I have a joke. Okay. Did you hear about that actress that got stabbed with a fork? No, I didn't. 
Oh, that's right. It was Witherspoon. <laughs> I don't think that's. I don't think that I did that right. Uh, no idea. Anyway, um, thank you for listening. <laughs> so if you made it all the way to the end, uh, leave a rating, yeah. a comment, uh, share the episode, all that good stuff. Spread it around. Help us grow. Uh, you can find us everywhere at coas underscore podcast for Instagram, Facebook, or just Chicken on a Stick podcast over on Twitch or on YouTube. And every Friday, generally, we try and stream on Twitch and review some movie we went and saw. Mm-hmm. So come hang out uh, and take part in all that. Yeah. Leave a comment if you've seen the movie or if you're interested in the movie or if you like Reese Witherspoon and you like one of her other movies. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. So look forward to that. Yep. And... Yeah, goodbye. Have a good week. Bye.